you could get the airplane, go use it for your training, do all that kind of stuff. And then after, you know, the newness is worn off. Yeah. And you're like, ah, maybe I should sell it. Well, maybe instead of selling it, uh, you already got the the infrastructure set up. You got this hangar, you got the whatever, you know, you got it all. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Now turn around and sell shares of it. Sell, sell two shares of it. You own a third of an airplane that you still get to use for your commuting. And you've offset your, offset your cost by 66%. Hi, welcome to the Pro Pilot Playbook Podcast, where we give you the tips, tricks, and hacks to become a pilot faster and cheaper. I'm Mike Martin. And I'm Sean Ritchie. Yeah, we got a cool episode today. We got a great email that Sean will uh, she'll read in just a second. But uh, th- this is an interesting topic. It's, uh, you know, I want to be a pilot. Should I buy a plane, you know, uh, uh, to save money, you know? And yeah. uh, we're going to kind of break down whether this would save you money. And, and, you know, I know a lot of us, including ourselves, when we were at this level of learning to fly, didn't have the financial ability to buy a plane and we get that. But, you know, some of you guys might at the end of this video think, well, maybe, maybe I should look into this a little bit harder. Um, so, so Sean, go ahead and read that email you got uh, from. Yeah, from a- absolutely. And, and not only before we get into that, I, I do want to say something to you guys, if you haven't checked out, last week's episode uh that we did it's about all behind eight- me right here yeah it's, it's actually on right behind you there so a lot of the email i just want to take a few seconds to mention this we get a lot of emails about people you know talking about the cadet programs you know almost all the majors or have cadet programs now and a lot of emails on the uh atp flight school which mike and i have you know been in favor of for a while uh, but if you haven't checked it out, this is a deep dive. Is, it is our longest episode we've ever done, like an hour and 40 minutes or something. But it's all divided up with the chapters. So if there's something specific you're looking for, but it's a deep dive into ATP's flight school of not only how much it costs, but details into how to get the financing going, how to get started, right. how long does it take, you know, the types of equipment they're using, they talk about their multiple locations. Um, Episode 63 just came out last week. Uh, check it out. And I, the reason why I wanted to mention this is because while I was editing that video, Mike, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my God, our viewers are going to think that we sold out and this is some type of advertisement for ATP. Yeah. 100% no. not the case. Uh, we have no plans of ever advertising stuff except for our own program that we sell. It's just we've always liked ATP because it, they follow the principles that Mike and I are always preaching to you guys. Yes, totally. Yeah. And yes. Um, they're doing it very well and they're doing it in locations all over the country. So and I, I actually found the interviewer Jamal from his uh, YouTube video. And I'm like, man, this guy is doing everything right. In my opinion, as far yeah. as, uh, you know, his staffs, uh, his steps in the career. So yeah, it's really a great interview. If you guys haven't caught that yet and no, we're not paid by them. And, uh, you know, we'd like to, you know, we've reached out to all these flight schools 
Um, and you know, it's just hard to get people to come on and things like that. Right. So we're, we're trying to do, you know, we'd like to do more episodes on cadet programs and everything. Cause I know this is very valuable to people. So, you know, you're probably going to see some more of that as things evolve for sure. Right. The program itself, since I just mentioned it, and I'll talk about it again for five yeah. more seconds, but in the yeah. program that Mike and I sell at propileplaybook.com, we talk about basically taking the, you know, the idea of what ATP is doing on a national grand scale and taking it to your mom and pop flight school and hacking the system to basically do it through your mom and pop flight school. Of course, there's hurdles and, you know, uh, it's more difficult to do it that way, but it's possible to be done. But yep. Yep. Anyway, we just want everybody to, to not waste money and right. have the right information. Exactly. To go forward. So that's a, Fast that's a and as cheap as possible. <laughs> got it. Got it. So, yeah, this, so uh, Sean, Sean's going to talk a lot in this video because Sean is an aircraft owner himself. I know a lot about it, but I don't have one. Um, I'd like to borrow his sometime, but um, yeah, yeah. So you're going to have a lot of insight on this question, I think. Yeah, not only that, but um, right over here at the little airport that you and I have filmed, you know, some stuff at uh, the last thing. Actually, there's it doesn't matter, but there's a there's a. A girl uh, who was flight instructing over there, she did just this. Um, the question that Carl, I'm about to read Carl's question here. Uh, she bought a little Cessna 150. And she was flight instructing out there. She bought this, this Cessna. And anytime she wasn't flight instructing, she was up there burning hours away, getting closer and closer to that 1,500 hours. So let's uh, let's read the email. And we'll talk about some of the pros and cons of this this strategy of uh, purchasing an airplane for yourself just to do all the training. All right. So we got Carl. Hello, Mike and Sean. I will be going after my private pilot's license very soon. I wanted to do this my whole life, and I'm getting I'm not getting any younger. Forty three years old, he says. I do have questions that I can certainly see are debatable, but I would love to get your opinion. My question is, before I even begin my lessons, should I purchase a plane? From what I've seen, most people are well over the 40, year, 40 hours of flight time required. I hear 60 to 80 is common before they get their license. That being said, my rental fee alone is $180 per hour average will be at uh, I'll be at around $11,000 to $15,000 just for the private. It seems that even if I sold the plane at the conclusion of flight lessons, for the same cost I purchased it, it makes financial sense. However, I realize the additional cost of maintenance, storage, etc. will eat into those savings. What are your thoughts on this? It would seem that if I flew five to six hours per month, even after acquiring my license, that would equate to about $1,000 per month in plane rental fees. Some unique factors that may play into my situation include the, those below. I'm not sure, but this may change the advice you're giving me. Number one, I own my own business at this point, and I have extreme flexibility in my schedule. I can easily fly a couple hours per day, three to six days per week. That's, that's, that's great. great. Yeah. Number two, I can afford to purchase this basic airplane without financing. I am leaning towards a Piper Tomahawk, Cherokee, or a Cessna 150-172.
Number three, I would like to fly back and forth between the Bay, Bay Area and Los Angeles. Oh, well, there's the reason it's $180 an hour for yeah, this airplane. Yeah. yeah, I would like to fly this airplane back and forth between the Bay Area and Los Angeles at least one to two times per month once I become licensed. And number four, I am not ruling out the possibility of a second career in aviation, and I'm open to the future me potentially enrolling in an accelerated flight school such as ATP. Oh, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually in my uh, true dreams, but I have to figure out what to do with my business when that comes true. Side note, there happens to be an ATP just 15 minutes from my house. So there we go again with ATP being everywhere. I really appreciate your thoughts and greatly enjoy the podcast content with gratitude, Carl. Awesome. Well, you know, Carl seems like he's doing pretty good there. He's got his own business. He hardly ever works. He's got lots of money yep. <laughs> and he still wants to be a pilot. That's yeah. Great, What's that tell you? <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. What a good email, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, so my initial thoughts are, uh, a right off the bat. No, this is not a crazy idea. It, this is something people have been doing a lot uh, yeah. or, or over the years. Yes. Um, some things that, factor in are and you're already doing the first one is the uh you know the cost of the airplane rental that that's not typical 180 dollars an hour you know who knows they got some training airplane that's that's a that's on the upper end i would say of of rental yeah. right um the other the other thing to consider is you know that drives people to this decision is uh how many air you know how much the airplanes are scheduled at your at your local flight school you know is it constantly right. is it a struggle to get something on the schedule because the airplanes are always out because that's the other thing that happens when people aren't out there flight training you know you still get the the people that want to go rent the airplane to go you know take their wife for an airplane ride or you know that kind of stuff and that eats into the aircraft's availability um as far as and in your particular situation, Carl, I don't know that I would just uh, look at something that's 100% a training airplane. You know, a Cessna 152 or 150, you know, that, that airplane is built, manufactured. It's 100% just for flight training. And, you know, you can't do much with it after that. Um, so I would look at maybe something with at least a four place you know, something that you can fit four people in if you're going to do right. this. And um, the other major piece of advice I would give you is I wouldn't do this before you start anything. I would go out there and, you know, if your flight school has a couple different models of airplanes, if there is, you know, if they got Piper and Cessna products out there, I would do a, a flight lesson or two in each one. Um, right. make sure that, uh, you know, although it hasn't happened that much, I haven't seen it that much in my career. Uh, but there are situations where people come out and take a couple lessons and we never see them again. Um, right. So uh, before I jumped in with both feet with not knowing how deep the water is or anything like that, <laughs> or the water temperature, I would go take a few lessons, you know, get a few hours in the logbook before you start buying some and just doing that you're going to learn so much anyway about what you're looking oh, for yeah. in this airplane right um, 
Yeah, I did um uh, all of my training and and instructing and and mostly 152s and 172s. Um, and those would be great. I just glanced online just to look at some numbers right now. Now, uh, obviously, a 172 is better because it's bigger and you can, it has more capability. And for this guy, I agree 100%. If he's going to be commuting maybe between the big cities down the coast and everything, awesome idea. Um, yeah. Straight value, though, a 150 or a 152 uh, is going to have a lower operating cost and a lower acquisition cost. It looks like you get one of those for around 50 grand. Yeah. Um, and you brought up an important point, Sean. You could uh, probably buy them for fifty, put a couple hundred hours on them, and then sell them for fifty. You know, COVID made everything crazy. Isn't the plane market the same as a car market right now? Everything's up and nuts. Is yeah, that- it, it's actually it's kind of weird. The aircraft market, um, at least in the jets we fly, isn't seem to be following the same trend as the automobile market, which is starting to taper off. The housing starting to taper off, but that private jet market, it's still, you know, maintaining. And, you know, there's theories to that. There's less manufacturers, there's whatever, but um, it, it is nuts in general. Yeah. It, the values right. are, are there. You to, to say that you're going to lose money on this deal is probably not accurate uh, yeah, when you yeah. go to resell. You just got to have the 50,000 in cash laying around, but, but yeah, so the 150 has the Continental engine, if I believe, and then the Lycoming's in the 152. So it's a little bit better, I think. Not, I mean, people have preferences on each or whatever. But yeah, so say you buy that plane for fifty thousand um, bucks, and then you know, I remember the burn actually. Uh, the 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 152 burns 5.3 gallons per hour, and the uh, 172 burns 10. So on a 152, 5.3 times, what what is fuel cost right now, Avgas, you know? In California, who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, what are you paying? Here, here I, I believe I'm paying like 570 a gallon or something okay, like that. Okay, 570. So that's here, only you know, 30 bucks. Yeah, 30 you, bucks an hour in fuel, you know? Right, exactly. So there, there's always, you're going to have... Uh, you know, you got direct operating costs and you have your hourly cost of use, but yeah, right. I would figure, you know, your regular, your four place airplane, you're still going to be between uh, 40 and 70 bucks an hour just in gas to fly the thing. So what are you paying? What's an annual inspection cost on your, uh, tell everybody what you got. So I have a Cherokee 180, which okay. is the, um, but I have the Cherokee 180 Challenger which it's basically an archer. The last two years they made the Cherokee 180. They called them the Challenger. And the cabin got like two inches bigger and the stabilator was redesigned to get a few more knots of speed out of it. And instead of continuing to call it the 180 Challenger, they came up with the archer. So what I basically have is a Piper Archer. Okay. And, um, yeah, it cost me about. I figure it cost me about fifty bucks an hour to operate. In fuel. Yeah, fuel and but the rest of it isn't that. In annuals, an annuals probably twelve to fifteen hundred bucks. We have for, really for viewers, cheap. Every year you have to have an annual maintenance, especially by a mechanic, mm-hmm. right? For for so that to recertify, make sure it's good. So that's twelve to fifteen hundred. Then what does the insurance cost? Uh, insurance is. Uh, 
It's probably about, uh, but I, this isn't going to be apples to apples for Carl's situation. I mean, I'm, we're professional pilots with over 10,000 hours and multiple jet types and right, I'm a double I MEI. I'm guessing insurance for him, you know, it, it's, it's probably going to be 1500 to two grand a year. I'm guessing. Okay. And then, and then uh, if you want to park it inside, what's that cost? We have extremely, this is in, I keep putting asterisks and footnotes next to everything I'm saying because, right. <laughs> which is the only reason why I own an airplane. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a wealthy individual. It's just that right. uh, it kind of, the stars align for me that the little airport right next to me, the airport that Mike and I have filmed, we filmed a lot of the stuff out of the program we sell there. They have the cheapest hangers in I don't know. I don't know. You probably have to drive almost two hours to get to the next cheaper hangar. Um, there's always a waiting list to get in there. And the hangers, my hangar is like 330 bucks a month. Hmm. But wow. if you went down to Lunkin, down in Lunkin, I think you're looking at, you know, five to $700 a month, and which is now, Cincinnati just down the road from us. If you buy a beater though, to build time and, you could leave it outside, I guess. You could, you could, you could just it's tie tough. it down, you know, and the weather in California, I mean, that's the main reason people move there is it's beautiful every day. So right. you right. could so, do a tie down. I do remember this from when I was an instructor and it could be a little bit of a factor. Like if there might be somebody watching, like I'm going to buy the cheapest possible plane with, you know, this close to needing an overhauled motor that still flies yep. and that burns as little gas as possible. And I'm going to do this on a budget and I'm going to make money. The one problem is I can remember when people would come to the flight school and they're looking for an instructor. If yep. you had a real crappy airplane with a timed out engine or something, guys are like, I ain't flying in that. You know what I mean? Cause I, I don't, I don't, right. I don't know how it's maintained or anything, you know? So you, you do got to run into that. What, what are instructors charging? I mean, it was like 25 or 30 bucks an hour back then. I'm sure it's way higher now. Right. What? Yeah, well, yeah, we just had, you know, he was saying out in Phoenix, uh, the retired coast guard guy we had that you in Phoenix, what were they getting? Yeah. It was like $150 an hour or something in Phoenix. Um, I think I think so. Yeah. Didn't he say Man. that? He Man. said, Man. but uh, here I think it's like 40, it's, you know, 40 bucks or yeah, 40 bucks an hour. Maybe if you're doing advanced something or other, it might be 50, 60 bucks an hour or something like that. But you're going to be paying that regionally wherever you're at, whether you're yeah. on the plane or not, you're going right. to right. start on top of that. So. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, this is so, so we're kind of breaking down the cost of ownership. So, um, so everybody knows too, this is very important. You'll see that acronym when you're, because a lot of people are going to watch this video and start looking at trade a plane. That's kind of like auto trader for airplanes. Sure. You'll see that uh, the engine controller timer. controller. There's an app you can get on your phone. That's, that's a good one too. They got, yeah. Yeah. So the big thing is the overhaul uh time on the engine on any of these light planes so sean let them know a little about what that is all right yeah so these airplanes a lot of them are old i mean like that that cherokee i own is a uh 1975 and it but the engine in it is brand new you know it, that's that's the thing that you know it it doesn't really matter how old the rest of it is uh, because the motor, we 
I actually just got a rebuilt motor put in it. That's one of the reasons I got the airplane. I got it cheap because it was, it was past overhaul. Um, so these engines every 2000 hours have to be overhauled, which is basically rebuilt. And, uh, usually what happens is when that comes up at your next annual, which is what I did the next annual, we just went ahead and we had a, we had an engine, you order a rebuilt engine and that engine was right at about 30 grand. Maybe it was after all the dust settled to have installed, it was about 33 grand, but the aircraft value is directly tied to how many hours are left before overhaul. You can literally get your calculator out, put in what it costs to overhaul and divide by 2000 and you figure the airframe and you add that number to the airframe. It is, and, and then there's other things that go into it. What kind of avionics are in it? That's the other thing I would recommend Carl is when you're searching for this, um, you know, you're probably going to want to get your instrument rating, look at an airplane that's either already IFR got all the components in it, making it IFR certified or something you can see that with a extra couple few thousand dollars, you can make it IFR certified. And with all the GPS and RNAV stuff, it doesn't take that much these days to get it to that point really. Um, but, uh, yeah, the avionics and TBO time before overhaul are the two biggest items. Uh, and then sometimes he has, isn't it like S uh, since major overhaul or something. That yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. When you're looking at these overhaul. listings, yeah, you'll see TBO time before overhaul. You'll see S M O H since major overhaul. Right. Um, right. and then if it's, if you get into constant speed prop, um, which is prop uh, overall, Yep. Yep. There's prop overhaul. And we wouldn't recommend anybody buying a constant speed really for yeah, this. Yeah. Not for flight training. You're just opening yourself in this, not for this particular thing. Situation, yeah. 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 Uh, something you, an airplane you're getting for flight training and for time building. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Carl, the ATP, you have your own airplane in this situation. You got an instructor that you like somebody with a, a schedule. You can, you know, get him to follow your availability and he's wanting to be out there with you that much. And he may want to, you, you may actually, when I was a flight instructor, I had a guy that owned his own airplane and we were working on instrument and commercial stuff. And actually that's, that's a lie. He got that airplane before he even had his private. So, and I loved going to fly with him versus the flight school because the flight school charged, I think back then it was like $25 an hour for my time but I didn't get $25 an hour. I got, right. I got the $13 an hour or 14 or whatever it was. But when I flew with him, he not only paid me the full amount, but he was giving me like 30 bucks an hour. Wow. So yeah, that's great. I was chomping at the bit to go fly with him. So you may find a flight instructor that just becomes your personal guy or girl. Yeah. And, yeah. um, in, you know, Mike and I are always harping on, you know, speed is king in this thing. The, the more times you fly, the whatever, you'll breeze right through this. And um, you keep this guy busy, he'll leave that flight school and become your guy. A um, yeah. couple other things I wanted to mention on this that I've seen people do over the years with this whole buying an airplane for, um, and this, 
before I say this, you know, if you have a flight school, if you're planning on going, this would not be, you're going to save money with this and you're, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to lose money on the back end, but right. I don't think you're going to save enough money to deal with the hassle. If, and I'm saying this, if you have a flight school that has plenty of airplanes, plenty of instructors, yeah. things aren't crazy overpriced. This is not the move you make. It, you know, this is, you're introducing a lot of extra variables and problems that you don't need. But Carl, in your situation where you're already talking about using it for commuting, that you got the dough to pull it off. It's not going to, you know, this isn't some huge hurdle you're going to have to jump through to make this happen. This, right. And you're in an overpriced market out there in right. California. This, this may be the move you make. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like for him really good. Yeah. I think that's important. You bring that point up and, and this is probably a misconception, but um, uh, most professional pilots that I know don't own planes. Like you're a rarity really that they don't want, like people think, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you're a, you know, you're fly for Delta or something. You must have an airplane. It's, it's, it's not as common as what people think, you know, you have people that fly professionally and then people that fly, for a hobby. And a lot of those people fly for a hobby because they can't fly professionally because they wouldn't, right. they would you know what I mean? But I'm not saying it's a, it's totally rare, but uh, it's not like, you know, 80% of the pilots own planes, you know? Right. No. Yeah. I remember this old guy back when I was learning how to fly little airplanes is he was an airline guy and he actually did own an airplane. He's like, yeah, it's kind of funny how us pilots, you know, we spend all our time in these little airplanes, getting all these hours and ratings and certificates. So we can go fly a big airplane just so we can turn around and afford a little airplane. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And you're right. You know, it might be the age group we're in. Everybody's having babies and things and they don't have right. the disposable income to buy a plane. Now, when we all uh, get get a little further in our careers, we might have them for sure. <laughs> and that is, and, and yeah, you just hit it saying the babies, that is the sole reason I probably, I would have never, this opportunity came along for me to buy an airplane. And it was, it was an extremely lucrative deal in my head because the airplane was cheap. I got these cheap hangers here, everything the motor. Yeah. And, and, uh, I knew this airplane, uh, a guy that I used to flight instruct for or with, uh, owned this airplane. I'd been in it before. Um, and I have two sons that are interested in being pilots. Yeah. So I basically bought this airplane to teach my two boys how to fly is yeah great the idea. main reason i bought it yeah uh, um a couple other real quick things uh that i want to mention that anybody watching this thinking oh man this situation's me this flight school only has one airplane and it's always done i need to buy an airplane and i can get this done here's some other things you can do a little hack if you will to uh, make this possibly more affordable it, there's a flight school in cincinnati it does this if you own your own airplane you can lease it back to a flight school. So oh, yeah. obviously you want to have this conversation if you're banking on this being the thing you do, but you could lease the airplane. Anytime you're not using the airplane, you could lease it to the flight school for them to use. And then you get a cut of the rental fee. Now there's some extra hoops to jump through to use an aircraft for flight instruction or rental and especially flight instruction. It has to be inspected every 100 hours. Right, higher maintenance standard, but 
that's totally something that could be done. Um, something else you could do, and then maybe, uh, you know, a lot of your maintenance costs are covered. Right. You, you could work out something else. It's going to also require a higher insurance rate. But if it's under the umbrella of the flight school's insurance, I don't know. Maybe they got some killer deal. Maybe you'll save money on insurance. I don't. Right. Possibly. Right. Right. That's what about uh, uh, partnerships too? We partnerships. That's the perfect thing. Um, you know, so maybe there's somebody else out at this flight school you could, you know, get in with that is possibly thinking the same thing, or maybe somebody's already got their pilot's license that would be willing to get an airplane. You could also, and you could go halvesies on the initial purchase, or in your case, Carl, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're well off enough. You don't necessarily need to do that. You could get the airplane, go use it for your training, do all that kind of stuff. And then after, you know, the newness is worn off. Yeah. And you're like, ah, maybe I should sell it. Well, maybe instead of selling it, uh, you already got the the infrastructure set up. You got this hangar, you got the, or whatever, you know, you got it all. Yeah. Now turn around and sell shares of it. Sell, sell two shares of it. And you own a third of an airplane that you still get to use for your commuting. And you've offset your offset your cost by 66%. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, so many times, and it's not just airplanes, you know, you hear guys that have RVs or boats or whatever. The problem with all that stuff is you don't use it enough, you know, that you would like. And something this expensive, it it really, I mean, second homes, they're all kind of the same way. If you have a a partnership, you can really get almost the same amount of utilization, even just one partner. And, you know, and you may find a, a great marriage. Like if, even if you're doing your flight train during the week, there might be a private pilot guy that just likes to fly around on the weekends. And you don't really want to fly around on the weekends because you're hardcore doing your flying on the week. And then that guy splits everything with you. I mean, that's half your annual, half your hangar, half your insurance. I mean, all that. And then if there's any unexpected expense or upgrade that needs to be on the airplane, or like in your case, Sean, you have a new motor, but let's say you would have bought that right before the motor was about to go well then now you can split the cost of the new motor with your partner one or two or three ways or however right way you want to do it you know yeah so, it yeah, starts no. adding up yeah right 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 and then i guess to support we should mention there are full-on flying clubs um if you're lucky enough to have a good one near you where um they might have there's one here in cincinnati that has five six airplanes and then you buy into that Right. And then you get access at a reduced rate to all. And those are all really good, too. So lots of different options here with ownership. It, and it's really good to talk about because it, it doesn't work for most people. But if you find the right person in the right financial situation, um, you know, I think it could be great. And like you said, availability, too, is a big thing, you know, where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, is it a good idea? In Carl's case, Carl, I would say it's a fantastic idea for you. Uh, Carl sounds like he's doing good, though. Maybe we just go fly for him. Maybe we just yeah. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! All right, folks. Uh, That's about all we got. I think. Um, Thank you for joining us again. And if you haven't checked out that video on ATP, I know it's a long one, but skip through it. Find the stuff that's interesting to you. I think it's well put together, and. Jamal was awesome to interview. Yeah, we're going to try to follow up and have him on again as he advances in his training. Yep.
And uh, keep emailing us. We love the emails. That's how we found you. Well, actually, I found Jamal on YouTube. But the other guests, (laughs) people reached out in the email and stuff. And if you have a great story, uh, maybe maybe you watched this video and you just did the same thing. You owned a plane and it worked out wonderful for you. Or it worked out terrible. Email (laughs) us. We'd love to interview you. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you next week. All righty. Have a good one.